guys. I got this like a like nighttime relaxing thing under my tongue. I just realized probably not a good idea to do a video. Why trying to dissolve something in your tongue? But I can't go back. So um, what I'm going to do in today's video, and this is not going to work, so I'm going to have to spit this out probably. Okay, <laughs> let's restart, all right? Um, come on, Ogie. So, you know, we, we talk so much about like the, the technicals, right? The, the bids and the scaling strategies and the rules and, and so much of that is so important, right? I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. It's critical and I talk a lot about it, but I think what's becoming more and more apparent, um, Hokey agrees with this 100%, right? So what's becoming more and more apparent is that especially with this move to CBO, there's becoming like less and less importance on those skills and more and more importance on the quality of the product, the quality of the offer, the brand, the voice, the the creativity of the copy, like those elements are becoming so much more important. What happens post-purchase, the post-purchase experience, the customer satisfaction, the upsells, the lifetime value increases, all of that is so important, so critical. And so you'll see brands and companies that aren't necessarily great at media buying in terms of they, they don't understand the nuances and they don't understand how the auction works and how the algorithm works and all this stuff. But they just have really great videos and really good brand and, and a lot of fun in their ads and they have humor and they have a personality and they have great products and they're killing it, right? And so what I want to show tonight, it's gonna be a quick video, is like how we've kind of doubled down on that with, with at least with our info product business, my personal brand. How I've kind of really doubled down on brand, pattern interruption, having fun. Like here's the I love what I do, right? I absolutely love it. I've done a lot of things in my life that I haven't loved that I've done because it's been a way to make money. But like what I do every day, I absolutely love. Like I get to tell stories for a living essentially. I mean, that's, that's what marketers do. We tell stories, right? I get to teach people. I get to bring like my lessons to thousands, tens of thousands of people on a regular basis um, and help those individuals achieve their dreams, right? Like I'm living the dream. And I realized for a while, like the way I was marketing didn't reflect who I was as a person, and I wasn't—I wasn't having fun with it. When I first started doing my courses, you know, two years ago, like I look back at that ad copy, and, and yeah, I had some fun snark with it because startup drugs, but a lot of it was very cookie cutter, right? I was doing what everyone else was doing because that's what everyone else was doing, and I think a lot of us fall into that trap, especially when you're in, you know, various Facebook groups and stuff. Like, we're all looking to find the next big thing, and we're all following different people, and we're all trying to see like what. The person above us is doing right because everyone there's all of us have somebody to look up to there's always somebody doing bigger better things that's smarter than you right that's the reality and so i think a lot of times we neglect our own creativity and our own personality and our own uniqueness because we want to do what that bigger figure is doing right so this per person x this is how they're advertising their dropship product person y this is how they're advertising their course they're doing a cookie cutter ad to a webinar pushing fake scarcity and then they sell in the webinar and they have a retargeting sequence where they push the cart close. And all the copy is very, you know, hey, you have one day left to buy my course before the cart closes, make sure you get it now. Here's what Joe said. Like it's all so formulaic. And listen, I'm not saying that you should never follow the crowd because a lot of times there's a reason why everyone's doing something one way because it works, right? That being said, I think there's varying degrees of that. So I think what works for Ty Lopez and Grant Cardone doesn't work for everybody, right? Um, Ty Lopez and Grant Cardone have a specific demographic. 
Ty's demographic might not be the same demographic as yours, right? So you following the same formula of showing off your rented Lamborghini and your rented house and money and, and things like that might not resonate at all with your target customer or it might bring in the wrong customer, right? And so I think the, the gist of this, I'm gonna show you a few examples of ads running right now, is that like writing ad copy should come natural, right? I think the reason why people feel like they can't write copy and they're like, I'm not good at writing copy, I'm not a good writer and stuff, is I don't necessarily believe that. I think everybody can write ad copy. I think the challenge is when you start writing ad copy for somebody else, essentially. You're writing ad copy for who you think you should be instead of writing ad copy as who you are. And I think that's what leads to a lot of challenges. It's very hard to write from somebody else's perspective, right? That's why there's professional ghostwriters out there that charge a ton of money because they're really good at that. But most of us, we can only think, talk, act like like we've done our entire life, who we are. Um, so if you're marketing your business, if you're marketing your course, your webinar, like you should be authentic to who you are, right? Don't pretend to be somebody you're not because it's very, very hard to be successful that way. It eventually, things fall apart. It's very hard to keep that up at scale and with a mass volume. It's, just, it's very difficult um, unless you, who you are changes to match who you are on camera. I've seen that happen. But for me, like what I've realized is, okay, everybody is is on the guru train. And every, it seems like every consumer and person in our industry like calls out gurus and, and like has a negative connotation with gurus. So why, as somebody selling info products, but I want to associate myself with the same practices that most people, consumers in the industry, don't like? That makes no sense, right? What does make sense is associating myself with that group in our mutual dislike for another group, right? There's few things that bond people tighter than mutual dislike, right? So you can bond over things you love and you can bond over things you hate. And so by coming out against that lifestyle and that marketing message and the fake scare, all the bull crap that, that those people do, people that hate that as well resonate with my message because that's what they think, right? So like this guy thinks the same way that I'm thinking. And if he's thinking the same way I'm thinking and he happens to sell info products, there's no way he's also... BS like those people, right? So it achieves so much by me doing that. It's also a pattern interrupt, like interrupts patterns. And that's the other thing, right? If you're doing what everyone else is doing, if you're writing copy the same way and you have the same structures, the same formulas, the same creative, the same video formats, all the same stuff, the same cold traffic to webinar, to cart, like it becomes routine. It becomes like people become blind to it because they see it all day long. It's all they see, right? So if you mix it up, if you start saying the exact opposite, start being polarizing, Sure, you're gonna ruffle some feathers and sure you're gonna have people that don't like it, but that doesn't matter. I don't care if half half the world could hate me. I don't care. I, I'm fine with 80% of the world hating me because that usually means that 80% of the world hates you, 20% loves you, right? It's if you're polarizing enough to be hated, you're also polarized enough to be loved, right? And I give this example all the time. Name a president that has ever been loved by everybody. You can't name a single president that was loved by everybody let alone everybody in America. I'm not talking worldwide. I'm talking in America, right? Most presidents are hated by usually half the country, if not more, sometimes by the time they're out of office. Yet they hold the highest office in the world, the most powerful person in the world, despite being hated by half the country, right? You look at Trump right now, Trump's hated by probably well, way more than half the world. Probably 70% of the world hates him um, or says they hate him. Yet he is still president. He's still doing his job. He hasn't been impeached, right? And so I think we're so afraid of of not being loved by everybody or liked by everybody that we try to appease the masses. And by doing that, 
we don't develop deep relationships or love with any one person because we're just kind of lukewarm for everybody. And so I think it's really important to to be authentic, be who you are and not not change who you are because of the way you think other people will react to you. That is the most sure that's like the most surefire way to not build a good brand or build a scalable business is to make decisions based on how you think people should like you or shouldn't like you or shouldn't act or should act. Um, so for me, like here's just a few ads running right now. We're, we're running a lot of contests and gamification. Um, so again, I'm playing that guru thing hard because I think it's, I think most of the people teaching courses are bullshit. Um, they don't know what they're talking about. They have no experience. They haven't managed hundreds of thousands of dollars, let alone millions or tens of millions of dollars. And they haven't spent their own money. So, um, so I'm going to play on that, right? So I, this, this ad I'm running, I just launched it yesterday and it cut my CPL um, from like eight dollars to about dollar fifty overnight. So um, this is, you know, what does our world really need more of? Gurus, obviously. That's why I've dedicated my entire career, invested all of my savings. Sorry, Larissa, this is where all of our money went into creating the Become a Guru Overnight Bundle. And now I'm running a special contest for the Revolutionary Bundle. Two lucky entrepreneurs are going to win access to a rented mansion that can be used for shooting your first course, access to a rented Lamborghini that can be used for filming ads and dangerous live streaming while driving. I'll send you two thousand dollars in singles at a very reasonable two hundred percent interest rate my exclusive screenshot baking course and software that you can use to show off how amazing you are. The strategies create some of the biggest gurus in the world and you're one click away from joining them. Enter to win. So I'm hitting everything, every like stereotype of the guru in this ad, right? Um, obviously, I'm doing this very sarcastically, but it you know takes a few seconds to realize that this is obviously a joke. So it grabs your attention because it's so like over the top. Um, then obviously I say, okay, so I'm clearly joking here. Anyone who knows me knows that I can't say this for marketing. It's actually one of the primary reasons I decided to go into the info product business. And I go on to why I do what I do, why I'm passionate about it, um, you know, and why I dislike swarm marketing so much. And then I have this graphic down here where I took kind of the four, I think the four core elements of becoming a guru, which is the house, the car, the money, and the data. So I think that's, if you have those four things, you can become a guru as long as you can fake them. So if you have an, a beautiful house, a sweet car, loads of cash, and you have screenshots to show your results, you can sell a lot of people. Um, so I kind of throw it up there. Everyone that is in this industry knows that too. And then we have our unicorn mascot wearing a guru shirt, um, grabs people's attention. Again, people scrolling through this, they're looking and they're like, I'm going to grab their attention because like, you know, I'm kind of leveraging the same thought process behind why gurus use it, which is that fancy cars and houses and money grab people's attention. So I'm leveraging that to grab attention, but then I'm also diverging myself from that style of marketing by talking about how negative it is. Right. So I'm kind of using the pros and cons of pattern interruption there. And the headline is win a guru, um, become a guru overnight bundle. And then the other one, I have Hokey in it. One of our, uh, Larissa and I's little Yorkie, Hokey. You guys have probably seen her. She's on my lap all the time. And um, she's a fan favorite. So enter for a chance to win a real unicorn. We took this picture of her wearing a unicorn costume. She obviously loved it. <laughs> she hated it so much. Um, and the copy here, I'm having fun with this, right? Like, despite what the fake news media says, and again, you know, it's a play on the Trump thing because um, he calls everyone fake news. Um, but I play to it now for like unicorns and conspiracy theories. Wants you to believe unicorns are real. The one percent's actually known about unicorns for a very long time. And famous wealthy families like the Carnegies, Vanderbilts, and Rockefellers who use their magical powers to basically print money. Innovative companies like Apple and Disney get all their ideas from secret R&D facilities, which are just labs holding their respective unicorns. And I go into saying I got my hands on some unicorn corn shavings, created my own unicorns. I'm gonna give away two for you. That's their secret Facebook ads. Um, and then I transitioned to no. Well, actually, there's no secret. It requires lots of hard work, and now you can get my course and you know put in the hard work as well. Um, but this gives me the ability to showcase like my life and what I care about. So I'm I, I'm using I'm gonna be using photos of like me and Larissa. I'm using photos of our dogs, our real like really who we are. Uh, I'm not 
putting an artificial layer up there of who I think people who I who I think I should be for people to like me. This is just who I am, and the people that don't care about it, that want the flashy stuff, good. We're not a good fit. Um, but I'd rather that be done. I'd rather do that now than wait for them to be in my ecosystem to find that out. Right? I, I want to be polarizing, and I want to push away the wrong people and attract the right people before they give me a dollar. Right? I don't care how much money you have. If we're not a good fit, I don't want it from you. And, and I'm making that clear in our ad copy. Um, so again, I know this is like my personal brand. But we're, we're following this recipe for every client, every internal offer, every everything we're running traffic for right now. One of the first questions we ask ourselves is, what is the brand voice? What is our identity, right? Are we gonna be sarcastic, funny, serious, dramatic, emotional? Like, what is our tone gonna be in how we market, right? Um, I, I think a lot of us just jump into running ads without ever asking those questions. We don't ask those questions. We don't know what our style of voice is. We don't know whether we should be funny or serious. We don't know whether we should use personal stories and images or we should use, you know, high produced, you know, production value videos of actors. We don't know, you know, who are even like who are customers. We don't know what their objections are. We don't know what motivates them. What what our target customer, what gets them out of bed in the morning? Like what truly motivates them? What do they care about deep down? Not superficially, but Deep down, what do they care about, right? What levers can we pull? What buttons can we push with copy, with imagery? Um, and those are all questions that should be asked before you ever start writing any copy or putting together any ads or landing pages. Um, but a lot of us rush into it and then we try to figure it out weeks, months, years down the road when we've already built a we've already started building the wrong brand. So again, I'm more than happy to answer questions about this. Um, I, I I meant this to be a short video, but all my videos end up going down rabbit holes and stuff. You guys know. Um, but again, I think that the moral of the story here is that the, the advertisers that are going to have success in 2019, 2020 and beyond are the ones that really do have unique brands that have clear identities and voices that are distinct and unique. And I think being polarizing too is, is important. I think being authentic is important. Being transparent is important. Not following the crowd for the sake of following the crowd is important, but being who you are in, and having fun with your ads you run, right? This should be fun. We get to we get to write stories for a living. We get to to build companies for a living. It's it's a really cool feeling and a really cool job that we have, and we should be have, we should have a lot of fun doing it. Awesome. So let me know if you guys have any questions below. More than happy to answer them. Thanks.